What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 150 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch. What's going on? 150. 150. 150. And we have snow. And we <laughs> we do have snow. Holy snow. moly. That, uh, you know, I... Uh, everyone was kind of talking, oh, you know, right through here, you know, right through uh, Rock Rapids, Iowa, Northwest Iowa, you know, up into uh, Southwest Minnesota, you know, that this was going to be the spot that, that was going to get nailed. And, and, you know, every single time that the weatherman, you know, uh, uh, you know, says, ah, you know, this is where it's going to be. It just seems to me that it, it pushes a little bit farther north, north or, or right. you know, goes a little bit south. It never actually hits us. I, I feel yep. like we're always luckier, and I think a lot of it must have to do with uh, the city of Sioux Falls. You know, a lot of stuff comes, you know, from uh, the west, you know, northwest or whatever, and I think the city of Sioux Falls always kind of helps us out and blocks it out. Uh, you know, I think on, on the years that we get droughts, I think we could probably blame it blame it on the city like that too, but whatever. Uh <laughs> they nailed this one. Yeah, they <laughs> got it right this time. Dead it on. It didn't look like it on Friday that they were going to be, but then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you don't have any snow. And it was about eleven or about ten o'clock in the morning. Then all of a sudden, it started snowing, and it didn't stop for a long time. Did you see Todd Hike Camp's post about being at the the checkout line at this, the store? I, I'm going to read it because <laughs> I think that this is one of the best ones that has ever happened. But uh, Todd Heitkamp, you know, uh, uh, obviously the D owner of Dakota Angler, but uh, he's also a meteorologist for the National Weather Service out of Sioux Falls, uh, past guest of ours, uh, you know, Mr. Ice Institute, whatever. But uh, uh, Todd had a deal on a couple days ago, uh, stopped at a store for a few things, and the checkout lady said, well, for once they got it right with the forecast. It's hard to believe they even have a job. She took my card and looked at the name and her face went blank. She said, oh my God, you're one of them. I then felt like I was part of an alien race. It's not easy being the weather guy. Well, Todd, uh, you, you you got this one right. Uh, we're going to let you keep your job for another <laughs> couple months. Right. We're gonna, Until the next storm. You know, everyone everyone's quick to dog on the weather, man, but no one's quick to dog on the politicians. You right. know? Well, and, you know, it's <laughs> They're always, way worse. It's always, and, but they always dog on them. But, like, when they forecast, like, a nice day and it's a nice day, they're not like, oh, the meteorologist, thanks for this nice day. They're yeah. just like, well, it's nice out, you know. The, right. They're right 350 <laughs> days of the year, and, and the, but those 15, that's, that's the ones. <laughs> right. Right. whatever if i was if i was a weatherman i would literally just say every single day of the winter i'd say well you got about a 50 percent chance of snow today 50 percent chance that it's not going to snow today <laughs> just just go with 50s and i don't it's know be chilly I, out there yeah i'd say hi i don't know I'd say somewhere around 34, give or take a few. <laughs> Stick your arm out your door and find out how <laughs> yeah. is it is. You ever do that? You, you ever just open up the door and kind of stick an arm out there or something like that? Be like, eh, it's not that cold. Yeah. You know, I, I think I can I think I can do without the jacket. <laughs> right. I think everybody does that. It's like the old arm test. Stick yep. it out there. That's that's All the right. real test. <laughs> nope. Uh, well, I'm, I'm officially back from Nebraska. Um, you know, me and Matt are, are recording this. Uh, Sunday evening, I got back, uh, I don't know, four or five days ago on, on Wednesday evening. Uh, both Eric, my brother, and I were both successful on the mule deer trip. Um, absolutely amazing down there in the sand hills of Nebraska. Uh, and so amazing. You know, last week we had kind of talked that uh, for 150, you know, for, for 50, I think we had Dave Gens on. 
Mm-hmm. For 100, we had B-Cav and Euler. Yep. It's only right that 150, we, we knock it out of the park with Don Cox. I, I totally agree with you on that one. So that, that was the plan. We talked to Don, and uh, Don was uh, working some shows for Cabela's down in Nebraska Sydney. somewhere, yep. Sydney. I, yep. I don't even know where Sydney is. Do you? Yeah, it's a little southwest of Mullen, I believe. Southwest of Mullen? Okay. Yep. Well, he was over there working, and uh, thank God he got back to Mullen on time and uh, um, chatting with him a little bit earlier, and he says he's ready to go. So uh, with that, Let's I think it. we ought to have Don on. I think so, too. You bet. And we're here today with Don Cox. Don, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you guys today? I'm doing wonderful up here. Yeah, do it. How, how much snow you guys got down there, Don? Well, we had we had about five inches of snow on uh, Friday night into Saturday, but it got up to forty five degrees or whatever, and and we don't have near as much now. But we were thankful for some moisture. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. It's been awful dry this fall. Yep. Now, Don, uh, we always like to get our uh, episode started off with a couple of random questions, so I feel it's only right. Who is your favorite country singer? Oh, I would have to say that uh, Chris Ledoux would probably be my favorite uh, country singer. Really can't go wrong with no, Chris Ledoux. No, no, I, <laughs> you know, I, I figured when I asked you that 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 there was only going to be two real options there, and that was Ledoux or George Strait, and, and I appreciate yeah, well, you. He, he was right up there at the top as well, so you had a peg pretty close. Yeah, nice. That's nice. what I was waiting for. If it wasn't going to Ledoux, yeah, yeah it was going to be Strait. Yep. All right, yep. mine is going to be, you know, we're kind of in the Christmas season here and everything like that. Black Friday shopping is behind us. But if you were to stand in line to buy anything, what would it be? What would be the one thing that you would stand in line to buy? What would I stand in line to buy? Yeah, you know, Man, you know, none of us like to have to stand in line and wait. But, you know, some people <laughs> get out there and camp overnight and everything. A Keneally Angus bull. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that yeah, that would be a, that's a long wait to get behind that one. <laughs> I would probably, I would probably stand in line to get my wife the Christmas gift of her dreams. There. All right. <laughs> she must be sitting there. You can't go wrong with that one either, yeah, can no, you? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's some bounties. I, I, I don't know what that item would be. That's my problem. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah, though. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Don. Uh, you know, obviously, people that people that know you, you know, understand that. Uh, plain and simple, you're a cowboy, and uh, you're you're from a part of the uh, a part of the upper Midwest. You know, the West, we can say. Um, you know, that doesn't really get a whole lot of attention when it comes to fishing, uh, ice fishing specifically. Uh, why don't you tell us where you're from, and uh, you know, the neat geography in that area? Sure. So, so I live kind of in north central nebraska which is pretty remote there's certainly way more cattle than there is uh human beings in this part of the world and our topography is is uh sand is grass covered sand that was deposited from the glaciers you know a bazillion years ago <laughs> excuse me and and uh since then you know over a large amount of time, th- those uh, sand dunes have gradually healed over with grass. And, of course, now, unfortunately, uh, trees are starting to move in on some of the eastern edges of the sand hills, the, the cedar trees. And so that is compromising what was native range is now 
you know, trees, which is not not really what we want. But anyway, uh, yeah, over so over that time period, also the glaciers left all these uh, sand deposits, but the Ogallala Aquifer is right underneath our feet. In fact, uh, most of my wells that I water my cattle with are less than, I'm pumping less than 40 foot of water, or 40 foot from uh, the ground table to where my wells are pumping at. So it's, uh, with that, it also brings water to the surface, and so we got a lot of lakes in the area. They're not very big lakes. Most of them are 250 to 300 acres, but there's a lot of lakes and there's a lot of stuff on private ground that, you know, you can't access. But there's fish in a lot of those lakes. Now, now how deep do a lot of those lakes or ponds get? Oh, you know, I think the average is uh, less than less than five foot of water. Most of them are, there's some that'll get maybe 15 foot deep, but I would say 90% of our lakes are less than five foot of water, five foot deep. It's just that the spring flows through that aquifer and it and it keeps them uh shallow enough ice warm enough that they don't you know they don't winter kill and they don't summer kill unless we get in a drought and then we can have either or both right right, yeah now you there in cherry county uh cherry county nebraska that's the largest beef producing county in the country correct I don't know if in the country, but it certainly is in the state. I, I I'm pretty sure it is in the country, and and that, well, that, well how be, big how big of, is it, that county? Bigger than Rhode Island? Oh, uh, that it's. I think it's about, if I recall, it is sixty miles uh, long, and it's forty uh, some deep, I believe. Wow, wow, <laughs> that's a big county. <laughs> yeah, yep. I think I think what Cherry County is is a. Uh, is the most cow-producing county in the nation. Yep. I believe there's some Texas counties that have, and Kansas counties that have feedlots that have maybe more cattle per county. Okay. But as far as cow-calf producers, yeah, I believe Cherry County is that that county. Nice. Now, how, now, how long has your family been there in Cherry County, Don? <laughs> A long time. My my uh, great grandfather. Uh, Proved up in 1906, and it's kind of a kind of a funny story. So my uh, they they moved here from Virginia, and he was kind of when people would move to to homestead, it wasn't like just one guy take off and go. You know, they would bring their neighbors or they'd get a group together, and then they'd come out and and try to keep in the same clique or neighborhoods is what they had wherever they came from. Not all the time, but that's how it worked quite a little bit of the time. And so my grandfather moved out, my great-grandfather, and so did a neighbor gal who he ended up marrying later. But ironically, when they were, uh, when my grandfather came out here to prove up on his 640 acres, he asked my, his 2 be wife, they weren't married yet, if she would prove up on an adjoining 640 acres so that when they got married, they could have, you know, two sections of ground because if they were married, they could, they would only get one section of ground. So they were thinking ahead, you know, but my, my, uh, great grandmother, 
she was not a fan of the wintertime in the Nebraska Sandhills, especially when you were supposed to live, you know, on your 640 acres. And my grandfather wasn't much of a, my great-grandfather wasn't much of a. The shack that she uh, was supposed to live in was not up to her standards, I'm sure. Would it be probably most people's standards. And so, ironically, she uh, would spend her winters in uh, Deadwood, South Dakota, working in the Grand Hotel up there, which is still still there, still built. In fact, it's a casino now. Yep. So that's, that's pretty wild, <laughs> wild, very, very wild way to get yeah. to get your ranch started, I guess. Yep. <laughs> so, so then you had to go X amount of years living on it, and then, then it was yours. So then after that, then they could get married. Right, yep. Wow. So you're supposed to live on it, on it for a year. I mean, the paperwork took, you know, in those days it took quite a while, so. I'm sure they were out of my grandfather actually moved out here. My great grandfather moved out here in the in the late 1800s, 1891, I believe is when he first got out here. Wow. It's crazy. So it yeah. took a while and he was, you know, he worked at uh, Mercantile for a while. He kind of did odd jobs and he wanted to pick the right place to prove up on too. So it wasn't there was people running cattle on on this ranch. They just had never proved up on it. Right. Even clear back in the 1900s. So the part of the irrigated, sub-irrigated meadow that we live on, it was already being utilized. But he just, he proved up on north side of the creek and had my grandmother prove up on the south side of the creek. And then they joined forces. It worked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, now, as crazy as it is, that's not the only cool ranching story about you guys owning ground that, that comes from your family. Uh, t- tell us about the whole Lake Cascade deal. Sure. So my uh, mother was born and raised, well, was born in, in Cascade, Idaho. And uh, my, my uh, her side, her mother, that side of the family had ranched out there. In fact, it was my great-great-grandfather there that had proved up on that ranch ground, which was right on the Payette River at the time. It was before there was even a lake. So he was ranching and and mowing hay and stacking hay, <laughs> you know, within within a mile of where I caught my two-and-a-half-pound yellow perch out of the lake two years ago so that's kind of a pretty cool story absolutely yeah. cool it i mean that's got to make it pretty special for you don't it i mean being oh, out yeah, there and, and you know yeah absolutely and having you know relatives that still live on the lake they live at donnelly on the north end of the lake and just being a i don't know i'm, I'm kind of a history buff anyway and to be a part of of all of that, you know, looking on those mountains, looking at West Mountain, and knowing that my great great grandfather was out there feeding cattle in the, in the snow, and uh, I'm up here, you know, 120 years later, and I'm I'm having fun. I'm not working. <laughs> right. I'm trying to catch a big birds looking at West Mountain, the same mountain that he looked at. Well, you got you guys every morning. That yeah, it's cool. 
your your family certainly had a way of uh, ending up in areas that are pretty you know pretty hard areas you know i mean you know that i mean this the sand hills uh I, I mean, I swear to God that it's just a never-ending cycle of, of windburn, sunburn, you know, frostbite, and just over and over all and over. The, all in the same day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Scott, knows, Scott knows firsthand as of, as of last week you, uh, you, you experienced both of those. Yep. Yeah, was, I think he's still picking cactus out of his rear end. So. I, you know what? <laughs> This this weekend well, this weekend we got into uh, you know doing the laundry from everything that I brought back and God dang it if I didn't have a sand burr at the bottom of my bag I went to go bring it downstairs and holy I swear I'll be I'll be finding those for the next six months yet but well well we did that perfectly we we wanted to get as many out of this country as we could so. <laughs> they're throwing them in there when you weren't looking I think Eric's knees and elbows have got plenty of them. <laughs> Well, good. Yeah, come back out anytime for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Don, before before you ever really got into fishing, uh, you you kind of did the rodeo thing, right? Yeah, I had quite a. I don't know. We were always competitive. My my whole family's always been competitive. You know, for as far back as I can remember, my dad is a is a big trap shooter. He, in fact, he goes down to Arizona and spends the winters and shoots. You know, he's got probably a million targets or more under his belt from trap shooting. And so, actually, I started out shooting trap, and then, but I always wanted a rodeo. That was always something I wanted to do, but it was, it's not a cheap sport. I believe that. It's really not a very cheap sport to get in. So, I mean, growing up where I did, you're doing most of it anyway. You're breaking horses, you're roping calves. I mean, I was doing it. So, once I went to college, I said, I'm going to rodeo. So I got on the college rodeo team, and and yeah, we traveled, and and uh, I did that until the day I got married. As a matter of fact, and when <laughs> I got married, I rode bareback horses when I was rodeoing, and then I team roped. and And the day I got married, that was the last day I ever rode a bareback horse. It was the last year I ever rode a back bareback horse. I still roped after that, but now you you went to college at Nebraska at Lincoln, correct? Yes, I, I went there. I went to Curtis for two years, which is still affiliated with the University of Nebraska uh, at a technical school, and then uh, came home for a year, and I said, you know what? <laughs> this ain't working. <laughs> I got I to go see the sights a little more. So I went to Lincoln, <laughs> and I had my buddies. I had some of my buddies that went from Curtis down there, and so jumped right in with them, and away we went. Now, now when you were doing the whole rodeo deal in college, I mean, how how far out did you get? I mean, was it just rather local around Nebraska, or I mean, were you were you out in Montana, down in Texas? Where where, where would y'all go? Oh yeah, we'd we'd travel quite a little. We'd travel to to Wisconsin. We'd we'd go up to uh, uh, Dickinson, North Dakota. I flew up with the rodeo coach at that time to rodeo up there. I had a final, and he he had a class, so I flew with him up, and then. Rode back with the boys. I wish I'd have flown back with him. It was a lot, it's a lot faster. <laughs> no, I mean, but yeah, we travel. I mean, yeah, you you just you travel. You go wherever the rodeo was. Yeah. How many? And then go ahead. And then on the when you're riding in the circuit circuit around here, it was Nebraska, South Dakota, uh, Wyoming. 
I never did go to Kansas, I guess. They had some some uh, circuit rodeos in Kansas, but at the time I was living 100 miles east of here, still in the Sand Hills, but uh, uh, we leased a place there for 11 years, and so I was traveling from there, traveling with a uh, buddy that uh, was a neighbor, a ranch right next to us. Yep. So how many, so, so yeah, how many we, belt I mean, buckles did you win? Competing, it was fun. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade any of it for the world. I just wasn't very good at it. <laughs> well, so then, how many belt buckles did you win? You got a bunch hanging on the wall, or no, sir? I do not have a bunch of belt buckles on the wall. I got a couple of special ones, and and uh, like I said, I was not good. In fact, my wife, at the time we were dating, and I, and it was a circuit, one of those circuit rodeos. And I got bucked off in the mud, come out the back end of the horse, knocked me out. I was, I was a mess. <laughs> and she says, what in the world are you thinking? And I hadn't gave her a ring yet or asked ask for her hand in marriage yet, but I could tell that I probably wasn't cut out for that line of uh, entertainment. <laughs> that was not my sport. <laughs> you got we did all right, team rope yeah. and I mean, we uh, qualified for some of the – circuit finals team roping through the years but but after you you know after zach came along my oldest son and you know ranching got there's it was uh you had to cinch up the belt a little further than than all the uh fun activities we're gonna allow so yeah that was the first thing you got you got to keep your priorities in order yep that's so then right. so then you've probably been pretty glued to the tv lately with the national finals rodeo going on absolutely absolutely <laughs> in fact uh last night we struggled in sydney nebraska we were we were uh, down there doing a cabela's ice uh weekend and i couldn't believe it but there wasn't any place in town and i called them all that uh, carried the <laughs> cowboy channel which has the nfr on so we ended up, I don't know if I called them all, but I called everything that showed up on my Google <laughs> of a place that we can maybe go sit down and watch it. So we ended up, we had to all watch it on Zach's phone sitting in the hotel room, and that was not very uh, good because it, uh, it was a good NFR. It was down to the final uh, head or go or whatever on about five five events. So it was fun. It was a good one. Yeah, I was watching the other night, and the wife came downstairs, and she's like, what are you watching? Because I was, like, watching the bull riding, and I was like, he got in the well. He got bucked off. And she's like, what? Oh, man, yeah, you got it. She's like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> Studying up for the Don concert. Yeah, yeah, I have. super punching. I said, yeah. All right. I said, I said, Emily, I can't get to Nebraska if I don't watch this. This is research. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Research. That's what you're after, research. Now, Don, uh, last year at Hooked on Hardwater, uh, one of the mornings when we were eating breakfast, uh, you you dropped an absolute bomb and told us that uh, doing doing that rodeo circuit or whatever, I think you ended up sometime up in Wyoming and that you were actually at a party and Chris Ledoux was at that party and maybe even playing guitar. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of ironic. And, I mean, no, it was no big deal. I mean, that's just what people did. It didn't have to be Chris Ledoux. He wasn't really all that famous at that time. I, he'd had records out. I mean, I, he had several records out, I'm sure, but he wasn't. He wasn't on a national stage yet. Oh, uh, Garth Brooks hadn't hadn't sung the song about 
driving down the road listening to the Chris Ledoux tape, you know. So he was just one of the guys. That's just what we did. <laughs> just just cowboys <laughs> doing cowboy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't any big deal. Still wouldn't be any big deal if he was alive today. It I mean I'm sure there'd be people ooh and all in, but it's not really our style to do that. We just nod your head and say I like that song and away you go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cowboy way right there. I'll put our cowboy boots on go. one foot at a time. Yep. Nice. Now, uh, Don, so so when did you actually get into fishing? Well, my dad and great uncle took took his boys out, my brothers and I, early. I mean, I was probably six years old maybe. And I, I don't even remember fishing. I remember the tip-ups. That's all they run is tip-ups. I can Well, I can remember chopping a chopping a hole with an axe and we set some tip-ups out and then my brothers and I got bored so we grabbed the scoop shovels out of the back of the pickup and found a, a frozen cow turd and threw it on the ice and we played hockey <laughs> hockey the rest of the day and I don't remember catching a fish one we probably didn't we probably spooked them all away <laughs> <laughs> so that was a you know that was my first memory of ice fishing but but it probably wasn't until I didn't take it serious until uh, my wife and I just got married, and her brother Dave Fellhofer, he was helping me ranch at the time. We were at that place at Long Pine I was telling you about that we uh, leased, and uh, anyway, they had a New Year's Eve party. We were invited to at the Rose Bar. And the Rose Bar was, you have to understand, the town of Rose had a population of 11, and the Rose Bar was not just a bar. It was another place that you went, and, you know, they'd you'd have birthday parties there for a grade school kid. It was just your community building is basically what it was. Yep, yep. And so we did. We went and played pitch that night, had a good time at the Rose Bar, and my brother-in-law, he uh, did not go. He went fishing at Calamus Reservoir, and so the next morning when I woke up, I had a bit of a headache, <laughs> and I looked outside, and he had a bucket of fish. In the northern pike, that were about 28 inches long or 34 inches long, and I said, I don't know what uh, you did yesterday, but it was better than what I did yesterday. So I said, let's go fishing. So we did. We uh Went back to the same Calamus Reservoir, and I caught me a northern pike through the ice, and I was hooked. I mean, I was really hooked. We, If you saw my, well, Scott, you've seen my room. I have. You saw how bad I got hooked on ice fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my wife had to build me a room to put all my stuff in because she got tired of tripping over it in, uh, in the basement. So the uh, what used to be my son Tristan's room after he moved out is now an ice fishing room that's a neat that's a pretty good trade right there yeah <laughs> oh, yeah I, hey what these fishing rods don't eat near as much <laughs> right yeah. and so you you and your brother-in-law i mean eventually graduated to the point where you guys got competitive and started fishing some tournaments right <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh that that's a. Uh, that could take the rest of the hour just to tell tell this story, but yeah, we did. We want we, it. Uh, we want it. Yeah, here. Well, so we started out. And yeah, we went to this Calamus Reservoir, 
and uh, the reservoir had just filled. I mean, it filled in the in the mid mid eighties, and this would have been eighty nine or ninety somewhere in there that we were tearing into them. And those pike, they were in the river already, and they were in there, and all that flooded new vegetation growth and all the boom of you get when you uh, have a new impoundment come online. And, I mean, there was fish everywhere, and these pike got big. And we got addicted right away to that pike fishing with tip-ups. And then we figured out when the pike were going, you could buy these little dowel rods and jig up a bluegill or a perch to fill in the times when you were not catching pike. And then we started doing that. So in that whole process, and it was, it wasn't a, well, probably was the first year. It probably was 1990 that uh, we were up buying bait at the bait store in Ainsworth, Nebraska. And we see this flyer and it said, uh, Valentine JC's ice fishing tournament. And they listed all the prizes. And, and so Dave and I said, let's get in that. We're going to go win all these prizes. So we had to uh, had to scrape together 50 bucks, I think it was, and it, it took us a little negotiating with my wife to get 50 bucks to enter in this tournament. And so we go up there. Of course, we don't pre-fish. We didn't think about that. You know, <laughs> we're just going to show up and go catch fish. We can do it at Calamus Reservoir. Surely we can do it at Mirror Reservoir. We're just going to go tear them up and... We're too cheap to buy a motel room. So I have my, we go to Mullen, and from Mullen to Valentine's, 84 miles. No, yeah, 80, 72 miles. And drop my wife off from Mullen, drive to Valentine, go to the rules meeting, and we didn't know anything about a Calcutta. But lo and behold, they have a big time the night before at the rules meeting in Calcutta. Especially in those days at the JCs, yeah, I mean, free. They they had uh, roast beef supper, all you could eat. They had kegs of beer. Their their giveaways were like a TV set. Uh, I mean, you name it. They had a, a whole list of line of stuff, everything you can imagine. I can remember somebody had uh, somebody won. Three sheets of plywood, or some the lumber store donated plywood. That <laughs> That's like a million bucks. I don't even remember. <laughs> so, and then in the middle of it all, uh, Budweiser was a sponsor, and oh. they Christmas treed this stack of cases of Budweiser to the roof. And so, after they gave away all the high end stuff, anybody anybody that didn't get drawn for that, you got to haul out as many cases of Budweiser as you could pack out the door. <laughs> That was, <laughs> we watched one guy and this guy was, I don't know how big he was, but he was big. He packed out 11. Wow. That was, uh, that was impressive. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> but you can also imagine the people that after he did 11, how many other people tried to, tried to do 11 and then they ended up with beer all over the floor because yeah. uh, you wouldn't get out the door. You didn't get to keep any of it. <laughs> And, of course, they were spilling stuff. So it was quite a mess. Anyway, long and short of it is we had a wild time. Uh, we stayed later than we should, getting the money's worth out of the free keg beer. And Dave actually did get out of the out of the building with his four cases of beer he carried out. 
So we were in great shape. We were feeling good, but we still had to drive 74 miles down to Mullins from Valentine. And at that time, uh, Highway 97 had, I think it was, oh, 14 miles of one-lane oil road to navigate. So, <laughs> Scott, the the road that you drove down on used to be one-lane oil. Really? <laughs> and uh, we just get down there. And, I mean, I don't think my head hit the pillow for 37 minutes. The alarm goes off. Back up to Merritt we go to go to this fishing tournament. We're going to go win. Well, we get we get about halfway up there, just off of that 14 miles of one-lane oil road. And we're driving rather fast because I might have slept in. I might have hit the snooze once or twice. We were about, running about a half an hour late. And get behind this van and she's just going around a sharp corner a 45 uh degree corner and there's these deer filing out in front of her and instead of just stopping i don't know why she didn't stop but she didn't stop she just slowed down really slow but she still clipped this dough (laughs) so here's this so we i mean we hop out we're right behind her we hop out and ask the lady if she's all right she's fine and uh but she's looking at this deer that's in the side of the road now, bouncing off, <laughs> bouncing off the fence. It's not a pretty sight. It's broke. She broke its hip, and uh, she knocked out the headlight on her on her van. And there's a, I don't know if you should say this on the radio or not, or on the podcast or not, but she's got part of that van stuck in her hip too. <laughs> and it's not a good scenario, and, and she. The lady's getting a little, pretty upset, and so I look at Dave and I said, "Well, let's, you know, we better go take care of this deer." Well, we told the lady we'd just go take care of this deer for her, that she should just keep going because in the back of her mind we're thinking we're running really late now for this tournament and we're going to be behind this lady that has one headlight and we're never going to get to the tournament. So I look at Dave and says, "Yep, we'll take care of it." So we go back to the vehicle to figure out what we're going to dispose this poor deer of this doe and the only thing we come up with is a pocket knife and i said well <laughs> well we we got it to do we'll just go do it so we go down the down the bow ditch next in that deer, that poor doe she's bleating and the closer we get then she starts striking at us and i said well you take the knife i'll bulldog the Dear, you take the knife and we'll get the job done. No problem. Okay. And we weren't in very good shape, but we did dispose of the deer. It wasn't it wasn't uh, pretty, but it was effective. And of course, we're covered in blood, and we get all this done. You know, kind of thinking to ourselves, we did our good deed for the day. And we look up, and that poor lady, <laughs> that poor lady in the van, had never left, and she is really, <laughs> she is not in good shape now. <laughs> <laughs> so so we know we can't go up to her because we are we are we don't look too too friendly at the moment so we uh, just we just got in our vehicle went around her i said i just yelled at her says follow us we'll we'll get you at least to merit reservoir so we got her to merit reservoir we were really late to the tournament like probably an hour so finally, we get out there, we get on the ice, and 
you know, we don't, we never fished it. We didn't pre-fish it. We just figured we knew what we were doing. But the spot that we thought we wanted to go, it was wide open. So we said we ought to be good to go. So we go out there. Spoon auger that Dave had that he got from his dad that was not very sharp. And we start cutting holes. And the kicker was we got up late enough we didn't have any lunch packed, but they said that the Girl Scouts were going to serve lunch on the ice, which was, uh, so we thought we'll be fine. Anyway, we start cutting these holes, and there's 32 inches of ice and a spoon auger, and after we're getting three done, three holes cut, I am disposing of last night's beer (laughs) on the side of the ice. (laughs) Because... I, I wasn't quite ready for all that work. Plus, we're covering blood. We look like a mess. We smell like a, a deer. <laughs> and we fish all day. We finally get, I mean, you can have five rods. We finally get, I bet by noon, we got our 10th hole cut with our hand auger. We were in 40 foot of water. We had schooly reels that would not even get to the bottom of the lake because we didn't know we were going to be fishing in 40 foot of water because we didn't pre-fish. Yep. We never caught a fish all day, not one. We looked 100 yards up the up the lake. We saw this team pulling in perch, big perch, like pound perch. You know, they had those dowel rods, and you could hear those things clink on the clink on the ice, dink, 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 dink. Yep. They'd pull up another big yellow perch, and they had a mountain at that time. You could have 50, I think it was 50 perch. 50 panfish apiece, and they certainly had their limit of yellow perch by the end of the day. Plus, they had a 20, I think it was a 21 pound catfish. Hoofed it. And they won the tournament 100 yards away from us. We watched it all day, didn't catch a fish. <laughs> now, most people would be thinking, I'm in the wrong business. I'm in, this is not the right sport. <laughs> but not for Dave and I. That made us mad. I mean, determined. I guess would be the right way to put it. So we we just started going to tournaments. We said we want, yeah. and we did. And we'd we'd go to those tournaments and we'd listen and we talked to those people after the tournaments. <laughs> and we were still slow learners because <laughs> it took us quite a while before we even started placing. I bet it was three or four years. But you just you know you do it long enough, eventually you figure it out. I guess. Now, so that was most people get in it for tournament fishing for different reasons than we did, I guess. Now, did you start off doing all local tournaments? You know, obviously that one was just up the road at at Merritt, but I mean, did did you do just local tournaments for the, for the first year or two, or did you right away like jump into it deep and going up to South Dakota and and all over? Yeah, we did. All local tournaments. We never fished out of the state of Nebraska until 2001. So oh, really? it was all for 10 years. Yeah, it was. And there was a lot of them. There was. We were probably going to between five to seven ice tournaments a year. Oh wow! Just locally, and most of them were within 100 miles, less than 100 miles of of our place in Long Pine. Yep. So then when, when did you decide that uh, you were going to jump up to the next level and, and start fishing some of these trap attacks? Well, you know, that when that in-fisherman 
magazine comes out and they put that little ice guide in there in I think it comes out in December or November and they come out with that and they had that trap attack series right on that inside cover and they showed people with uh, big fish in fact I think it was it might have been uh, Scott and Cody Cybrant were might have been on that on that issue. I don't even remember. I'd have to go look, but they uh, they were holding big bluegill from Okaboji, and I looked at Dave, and it said fish for ten thousand dollars in Alexandria, Minnesota, and I said let's go fish for ten thousand dollars because that's what the championship would pay. So in two thousand one, that was our first trap attack, I guess. Cool. And yeah. we didn't uh, we didn't qualify at our first tournament. Your first one was on, was on Okaboji? No, we didn't qualify. We, they took the top 10 teams, and we were fishing bluegill. And we, I mean, we knew bluegill. We fished a lot of bluegill in Nebraska. And, uh, yeah, they was on Lake Louise. But what we didn't know is in uh, that country, those big bluegill would suspend out over, they'd come off two humps in the weed beds in Lake Louise. And, uh, suspend out over 40 foot of water and eat daphnia in uh, the low light periods. Well, we thought every bluegill in the whole lake should live in weeds, so that's all we fished. And guess what? We got 10 other teams beat us. <laughs> we got 11. <laughs> wow. Now, I know one time I heard, uh, heard you tell a story about, uh, like, feeding cattle on Friday and uh, once you got done feeding cattle, you'd hop in a vehicle and go drive clean up to Wisconsin or Michigan or something like that, fish a tournament, and come right back as soon as it was done, and you'd be back, you know, by, uh, you know, early Sunday morning to to feed cattle again. What 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 were early those Early Monday days? morning, yep. Early Monday. Yeah, we take off on Friday. Take off on Friday because it, especially in those early two thousands, it was. Well, in, in anything before that, just the way that our operation was, it's, it's, it's a serious two-man operation and sometimes more than that to ranch at, at this place, and and one person would get behind pretty quick. So, yeah, we didn't we didn't have much time to, to mess around. So when we went to Lake Louise, it was, uh, it was my brother-in-law, Fellhofer, uh, his cousin, and a friend, my wife and my youngest son Josh all loaded up in a in a Chevy Suburban, pulling a little two horse horse trailer with all our stuff. We didn't have a four wheeler. We didn't have nothing. We were just going to walk out on the ice and go do it. We get to the boat ramp. I mean, we drive all night. <laughs> if you can imagine, with a, a kid that was four months old, I guess he'd have been. <laughs> you can imagine. It, we were all crammed in there and all our stuff, and uh, we just get to the boat ramp. It was probably 8.30 in the morning. I pull up with my Suburban in the horse trailer, get ready to drive on the ice, and my wife from the back seat says, Whoa, whoa, <laughs> you're not driving my Suburban on that ice whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were sitting there figuring out what to do, where to park, and here comes... Paul Fabian, the tournament director, riding up on his snowmobile, and he, I rolled down my window, and he looks at me, he says, Big Red, 
what the F are you doing? You're parked right in the middle of the action. <laughs> so, so we back up and unload, and my wife takes the Suburban and goes to the motel, and and we walk out and go to fishing. So that, that's how, and, and then on Sunday when the tournament was over, we load back up in the Suburban in the horse trailer, and we drive back all night. Get back to Mullen, or yeah, Mullen, Nebraska. Time to go to work the next day. <laughs> now, now, when you were doing this, a, a lot of this, I mean, it, it was before ice suits and everything. I've seen pictures of you just running your cowboy chaps and and you know just a regular old jacket. Uh, you know, when when you show up to Minnesota or Wisconsin or wherever, you know, even Iowa to fish against these guys, and you're running chaps like. Were you just automatically the outsider, or, or did they did they kind of embrace you? Well, yeah, they looked at me a little funny. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Yeah, but but those those shafts would shed would shed water, so you know there, there's that. Especially if it was cold enough, it was to get around. You get around slush much. They weren't real comfortable because they'd absorb that eventually. But if it was cold, yeah, they were as good as they got. Pair of long johns, pair of jeans, and off Put the shaft on and away you go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now, now you talked about now you talked about bringing Josh along, but uh, you know you've you've got four boys, maybe even five. Uh, you know, I mean, depending on uh, who you ask. And, yeah, depending on who you ask. But uh, what's it been like getting your kids into fishing? Well, that you know that's that's probably been one of my largest. It has been my my biggest reward in ice fishing whatsoever is just having my family envelop and and be able to join me just like you know going to the shows we've been to this this uh winter early winter fall and uh from then on going to the ice after that i mean it, what a treat it is to be able to be with your family doing the stuff that you love besides that they uh they're getting to the point that they they're kind of handy to have along because <laughs> <laughs> all the packing and unpacking exactly they get to do more right. of that and i just kind of show up that's the so way that's it should be too. <laughs> that's the way it should be though that we're that way with my dad now too it's like dad you hauled <laughs> us around enough that it's like okay let us do the little bit of this too <laughs> yeah but i mean just you know to see i i can remember every one of their you know their faces the first time they caught a 10 inch bluegill on smith lake i mean i i can picture that i don't even need a picture it's still etched in my my mind Which, those, those kind of things are, are you know that's what being a dad's all about i guess who stepped in the ice holes the most who came home with the wet boot the most <laughs> okay garrett was the slowest learner i think <laughs> i mean he <laughs> yes he, he yes. Was just a terror he he would never sit still and he was just always going <laughs> He's just always going. So he, Josh would do it the, the worst. I mean, he'd he'd go in clear to his crotch, but <laughs> but Garrett, he'd just go in the most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I, poor poor Josh. All I ever hear about is how Josh has just got the worst luck, and if, if something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to Josh. <laughs> well, it seemed to. Yeah, he seemed to be running the the wrong edge of the line for quite a while. But fortunately, he's turned that around in the last year, and and. We hope it's a trendy continues. <laughs> now, 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 what about that other tall guy up in Minnesota? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm probably going to regret this for sure. <laughs> and you know, you know how some family trees they they get, you know, they they get something sprung on them, leafy spurs. Or, you know, you don't know you don't know where it comes from. You know those little what do you call those little runners that go underneath? You know, underneath the ground, and they shoot, they shoot up another another tree someplace else. Suckers. Don't they call him a sucker? I, could I think that'd be I think that'd be Scott Mockatoon. He'd be a sucker. He just kinda of sprouted up in the family a couple of years ago and we can't spray for him to kill him kill him off. I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> a heck of a problem to have. <laughs> yeah. Back in fact, well he's not Scott, he's Leroy McGovern. You know. SS Mockatoon. That's that's who he is. Leroy McGovern. And Leafy Spurge thrown in on the side. Yep. He just kind of sprung up. Yeah, yep, he just, no one knows exactly where he came from. <laughs> well, you know, there's DNA, you know, I'm sure he's been trying to get the DNA test on that. And, and in this day and age, you can probably get that done. I think I figured out finally how, how he uh, thinks that he's part of the family, or the DNA got digested around enough that it that it might fit i don't know but well you know those those little bots that show up on fish yep and they have to go through a complete life cycle you know they start out what is it they they start out on the foot of a snail i think and so the fish hat no it starts out in a the bird has to eat the vegetation that this little bug is in and then it goes and then, and it gets pooped out the duck or the bird, the waterfowl, and then it gets on a snail, and the snail picks it up and carries it around, and then the fish eats the snail, and it gets the bug. Well, I think that's how Mockatoon ended up in the family. <laughs> he, just, he got he po- pooped out by a duck. <laughs> I think if you go through that many sphincters, eventually, you know, you get the right DNA process. That's the only thing I can figure out. I, I I agree with I that. I agree that's with a good that. Way to look at it. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a man with the big words. Maybe he can tell us how it's supposed to work. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> he'll he'll fact check you on all that. What you just said oh, there, that he whole will, cycle. Yeah, he, he'll be like, oh I, no, 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 no. <laughs> weekly. Yeah, I'm sure weekly. I got one of those processes out of order, and it went through the wrong sphincter first, and that's where he is today. I don't know. Some mesotrophic, mesotrophic <laughs> isotope, and weekly I get an email. From Mockintune, telling me all the things that we said wrong on the show, and I quit reading when I get to the big words, so I get about two words in and just be done. Oh yeah, he's yeah. I can't uh, I can't even imagine how his mind works. I mean, to, to have that much stuff locked in there and and try to spit that out, I would I would not do well. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's just a charlet and a herd full of Angus. That's all he is. So. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> now, Don, you got you got another story about uh, Jason Mitchell, correct? Oh, I have a lot of stories about Jason Mitchell. Some of them, you know, I don't think that uh, the statute of limitations has run out on him. So <laughs> I, give him a few I don't years. think I'm. A, I don't think that we probably ought to tell those. But I, I've got a pretty good one from when he was down the first time down here filming with us in Nebraska. And it, uh, I had my good friend, Daryl Bauer from the Nebraska game of parks fishery. He's a fisheries biologist. He is fishing with us as well. And, uh, anyway, Jason, 
Daryl had on, you know, the wrong caliber of clothing. He had on just his old duck brown stuff that Daryl always wears ice fishing. And Jason thought that he needed to snazz it up a little bit. Of course, Daryl did have a few fish stains on the front of it and what have you. So he had, Jason had Daryl put on one of his ice armor coats. And he looked sharp in it. I mean, it looked really nice. But I noticed that just as soon as he slipped the coat on, he kind of wrinkled, Daryl wrinkled his nose a little bit. I didn't think much of it the first day. And we filmed three days. And by the third day, when when Daryl went to put the coat on, he'd go outside and he'd stand a long ways away from any of his equipment before he put the coat on. And I couldn't figure out what in the world was going on. So finally I asked Daryl, I got close enough to Daryl to talk to him a little bit, and I noticed there was a little odor coming from Daryl, and I thought, well, I don't want to be rude. So I didn't say anything, but finally he says, you know, I've been wearing this coat for three days, and there's something in that bait puck that isn't right in that pocket. <laughs> so, so sure enough, he pulled out the bait puck, and we gently set it on the ground, and I opened it up, and here's minnows <laughs> in this bait puck oh, that Daryl's been wearing for three days. <laughs> and so I say, well, I don't think the bait puck needs to go back in the coat. So we asked Jason, Daryl asked Jason, that night when we were done filming, uh, when the last time he, he wore that coat and if he'd use minnows. And Jason thought about it for a little bit. And he says, well, I don't think that I've worn that coat since last fall when we were filming on Devil's Lake. Ooh, <laughs> so that thing, those, those minnows were in really good shape. <laughs> Ironically, at uh, Clam Pro Day, I parked behind Jason Mitchell's boat and on the second day that or on the on the first first morning I parked right behind his boat but he'd been up there for two days and when I walked by that boat it kinda had the same odor as that coat did. <laughs> so I think there's a trend running with Mitchell. That's that's just what he likes to do. He likes <laughs> likes leaving them around. He keeps the riffraff away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep those minnows tenderized oh man <laughs> hey i want to congratulate you too white also matt that was pretty cool how many bass 126 days yeah 126 days in a row wow that is yeah. cool that was a lot of fun pretty impressive yeah that's i mean that's dedication that's not everybody's game for that. Yeah, there were some days where I was questioning my sanity <laughs> out there while it was lightning and pouring rain and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and you know, just everybody sending all the kind messages actually kind of kept it going sometimes. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I I know I'm pretty sure that I would lose interest eventually. I don't know if I could go that long. <laughs> The pressure was on at the end. There was some days where it was just like, I don't care if I catch one today. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yep. And, Scott, you killed um, uh, your first mule deer. Oh, gosh, dang it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm still, I, I don't know. <laughs> there ain't a dang thing in the whole entire world that can bring me down right now. I'm just, <laughs> I, am, I am on top of it. 
No, I that's pre- cool. Did you did you did you process them today? Yep, we did. Uh, I you got, smell like a stinky old mule deer now, don't you? You know, we mix <laughs> we mixed uh, some pork fat in with it from my brother because you know it's obviously you know the deer is pretty stinking lean and and uh, whatever. But you know, I I. I've always heard, you know, especially from Zach, that he says, you know, that the that the mule deer doesn't quite taste as good as as the whitetail. But, you know, as far as smell goes, I I can't say that, you know. I mean, it it smelled good. I mean, it you know, okay. it, it didn't it didn't smell sagey or or anything, you know, gamey. So I don't know. I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna like it real good. Good. Yep. Good deal. Uh, Don, before yeah, that we, was uh, no. Go ahead. That was a pretty cold photo. Yeah. No, I. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know. <laughs> I. I think. I think if for for both Eric and and Zach who were there, I think. Uh, I don't know. I. I thought for sure I was going to cry, but I didn't. I held it together. <laughs> but uh, they. I. I. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of lost it there for a second. So. <laughs> Rightfully so. Well, they yep. said they said maybe town thirty miles of. 30 miles away could have heard you i i believe it i believe it i, I was trying, I was trying. Well, apparently the deer in the area didn't because eric didn't go far and got one too so yeah yeah, yeah, well, they, got yeah then there got one again yep maybe maybe he called him in maybe that's what it was that's Scott. what it is you guys don't know the language just a high-pitched squeal and all the that's deer all, are like what is that that's all you need <laughs> that and a pocket knife yep <laughs> Uh, Don, before we let you go, uh, what, what's the plans for uh, the rest of the winter? You got any ice fishing plans? Oh boy, yeah, my my calendar is full. That's good. In fact, I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out how to piece it all together. But but uh, currently, uh, Garrett and I will travel with Dave Gint and his daughter Kathy east into New York, New Hampshire. Uh, Massachusetts, I'm not even for sure. Awesome. I don't even know where we're going. But we're following them someplace. And I'm not, I believe Cody Cybrant's uh, going to go with us as well in that, on that one, but I'm not for sure on that either. So we're still mixing that up, but we'll leave right after the first of the year and get home just in time for the Merit Tournament. And then we will head to Cascade again. Yep. It's pretty hard not to go to Cascade when you got family living right there, and it's such a beautiful area that. And Zach hasn't been, so this will be Zach's first trip. Yep, I, that, that'll good. be cool for him. I know he's excited. And then on our last one, it's gonna it's getting kind of dicey because my heifers start calving about then. But uh, first of March, we're talking about going up to Fort Peck. Nice, oh, yeah. nice. That would be a fun one. This. Mm-hmm. It's all fun, and yeah. there's nothing not fun about ice fishing. That's right. That's right. No, that, that, those three sound like pretty, uh, pretty incredible trips. That'll be awesome. And then hooked on hard water. Yeah, normally, too, that, too. normally I'd just be for one, but when when you have Dave, Dave and Kathy say we're going to, can you follow us? I said, yeah. I didn't even think about it. It was yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All righty. Uh, well, Don, um, gal dang it, we, we definitely appreciate you uh, uh, joining the show. You know, like, like me and Matt said earlier, this is one that we've wanted to get uh, for a long time. And uh, I don't know, I think we did a pretty good job at 
covering covering some cowboy stuff but uh covering some fishing stuff and hopefully um you know maybe after you take those three trips maybe we'll have you on here at uh you know early spring and and recap those trips well i appreciate you guys having me on and and sure call anytime it's always fun talking with you guys you bet well, we appreciate it before we let you go we need one giddy up one giddy up yep in a yeehaw yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well you guys have a good one and and uh we will hopefully see you on nice sooner than later for sure hooked on hardware well i forgot to put in hooked on hardware we got to fit that in too so oh, yeah. absolutely absolutely that that's that's probably my highlight every year is going to that yeah, it's a great time for sure yeah that's Craig Oiler, that man is, he's done more for the industry and, and just for that type of stuff than, than anybody else I know. It's pretty impressive. Yep. It is. It is. So, all right, Don. All right, take care, guys. You bet. All right, See thanks, you, man. Don. All right, bye-bye. There he goes, Mr. Don Cox. I think, I think that. I think that's like when you say that's when the cowboy r- rides away, oh, right? Oh, big red. Yeah. Oh, big red. That was funny. <laughs> big red. You're in there. I think if if you're ever ice fishing anywhere in this country and you see a vehicle pulling up with a horse trailer, it's probably going to be the Coxes. Well, that's the Nebraska toy haul. Uh, that's what I mean. So if you're ever ice fishing anywhere and you see, don't sit there and go, who is this or what's this outfit showing up? Oh, it's Coxes. How's it going, fellas? I got a feeling that it's a little bit more common the farther west that we go. <laughs> I, I got a feeling too. if you get out there to Fort Peck, that that's just normal. You, they look at you weird like, what's this enclosed <laughs> yeah. trailer thing? Like, what do you do with that thing? You ain't from around these parts, are you? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, uh, no, uh, God dang it. That was, that was an awful fun one. I, I, you know, I don't often ever really go back and listen to episodes because, well, I was there when we recorded them right. and I don't really need to go back and listen to them. But I, I think that this is one that I want to go back and listen. And, you know, it's kind of like that Scott Brower one. There was a whole lot of information yep. coming real fast and, and sometimes you just got to go back in and take it all back in. Yeah. But, it's always nice to kind of just do a little recap of it and yep. just kind of you miss something sometimes when you're in the interview. So, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm just infatuated with cowboys. Like, you know, the whole Western lifestyle. Uh, and Yeah. It is fun listening. Like the, the whole history of, you know, the Cox family ranch and everything like that. So just how they homes came in and it's just, yeah, it is really neat. And then to find out that, you know, basically Lake Cascade before it was Lake Cascade, it was Cox land. So, you know how how entrenched in in both fishing and cowboyism can you get when, right when it's like oh, cascade yeah yeah that's family's ranch well no big deal you know just <laughs> and anytime you gotta anytime you get to hear a story about anybody having to dispatch a deer with a pocket knife <laughs> that was well he, uh, he, he's gonna go ahead and bulldog him. <laughs> brother-in-law just comes down there and does the deed with the uh with the pocket knife you know just no problem that's just another day in the sand hills really that's like just, <laughs> you thought that was story happen. worthy that's just another day in the sand hills right there no no god and i you know i've 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 been on here a lot when i've said you know that the, that the black hills is my favorite place in the world i i don't know i i really truly think after this last trip down there that that the sand hills is 
has officially overtaken it. Really? And, and you know, it's not for what you do see. It's for what you don't see. Right. You know, like, oh, I mean. Oh, yeah, you're just out there. You know, I, and, and don't get me wrong. The Black Hills are awesome. The Black Hills are awesome. But, you know, there, there's getting to be a ton more people out there and whatever. And, I mean, you you get down there to, to the Cox Ranch and, I mean, it's just you guys. Yep. I mean, it is. It's just us. And, and uh, I don't know, man. Just the, those hills are special. Like, you know, I, I use the word special a lot. Like, God dang it, how special is it that we're, you know, that we're down here and whatnot. But, oh, man, like, I'm, I'm not kidding you. These sand hills got this weird thing. Like, we, we're sitting there glassing a hillside. I mean, and, and, you know, like I'm just kind of going through the motions. I've got my binoculars <laughs> up and, you know, I'm just trying to, you Looks know, like you know what yeah, you're doing. pretend like I'm a real hunter, but I mean, my brother and Zach, like, yeah. I mean, these dudes are, are good glassers and, uh, you know, I mean, we would literally sit there and glass and glass and glass. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, wait, there, there's deer right there. <laughs> like, where the heck did you come from? Cause I mean, we've been glassing that right. hillside and, it's, and I mean, it's like we, we were talking, it's like they the the hills just birth out deer like all of a sudden boom there's one what the heck and oh man i mean and and just there's everything down my brother found an elk shit that was crazy a a giant one huge we measured it out at 168 wow so if you pair that up with another 168 and then you give it a spread i think that's how they do it like i mean we're talking i mean this was a big stinking he glassed that thing up from two miles away that is nuts all That's of a sudden, he, he's like, hey, I think I found a deer shed. And Zach's like, if you f- if you see a deer antler, it's either attached to a dead deer or a live deer. And we're going to assume it's alive. So let's go in there. So we, you know, we close the distance and we start glassing again. And uh, yeah, you know, still kind of, still kind of looking like it could be an antler. And we move a little bit farther, move a little bit farther. And finally, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where, you know, I mean, if this is a live deer, we've got to, you know, start, you know, kind of pulling the sneak in on it and whatnot. And, and, uh, you know, the Eric and Zach are pulling up the binoculars and, you know, finally Zach's like, you know, it's, it's an antler, you know, it, it's an antler for sure. Whatever. And we start walking in and, and we've decided that it's not attached to anything. And, you know, we're just thinking, wow, this is a monster, huge mule deer shed. And as we're walking up, all of a sudden, Zach and Eric both, like, at the same time are like, it's an elk. And I'm thinking, like, oh, they're joking, like, this is such a big Big, mule deer, you know, that they're calling it an elk. And it's like, holy crap. No, it's (laughs) it's an an actual elk. And and I've got a video of Eric picking it up. And, I mean, I think, I mean, of, of course, Eric and I are, you know, super surprised. But I think, I think the whole Cox clan was even, you know, more surprised. Me and Eric kind of figure that this would be like finding a moose antler here. Oh. You know, like, I mean, yeah. they talk about seeing elk out there, but only like every three to five years, they, you know, one's coming through. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that, that Eric was able to, I don't know, pretty incredible. It is nuts. Pretty incredible. It is nuts. And it was, like you said, that thing was a monster shit. When yeah. When you showed that picture to us, it was just like, whoa. Yeah, well, I, I don't know, I... I think right then and there, I don't think Eric needed to shoot a deer. He had got what he came from. <laughs> like you know, it whatever. was pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, Eric, Eric tried to to give it to Zach. You know, th- thinking you know, hey, this was found on your ranch. You know, this ought to be this ought to be kept down here. And I don't know. The cowboy code said uh, those who find it keep it. So 
It, it came back to Northwest Iowa here. Oh, and, right on. And, uh, you know, Eric said that his wife has always wanted uh, uh, a big elk shed for on top of, on their mantle, on top of their fireplace. Well, Eric's going to need to build a bigger mantle because the son of a gun don't fit. I need a bigger mantle. Yeah, son of a gun don't fit. So, nope, uh, uh, it, me and Eric got down there Saturday. Uh, pretty nice weather, um, whatever. But it, as it got colder... The deer really started moving in. I ended up shooting my deer on Monday morning. Uh, was able to sneak into about 68 yards and, uh, um, yeah. And gave us the old chop. Yep, did the old belly crawl as good as a fat man like me can do. And, you know, that, I suppose at some time it kind of looked like I was trying to do the worm but failing. And- kind of looked oh, – so- so you're on the sand hills and stuff. Did it kind of look like uh, like a seal on the beach or I suppose something similar something to that. Like that. <laughs> I suppose it had to be real similar to that. But uh, no, I I snuck into 68 yards and uh, they stood up and I realized well it's now or never. So I I got up to my knees. I pulled the gun up and as fast as I pulled it up, I pulled the trigger. And when the smoke cleared, that buck was on his back, legs kicking and. I kind of had a moment. I kind of had a moment where I oh, threw, so. threw my hat and threw my gloves and maybe said a couple. I don't know what I said. I, I don't know what I said. I don't know what I did. Honest to goodness, I knew that I knew that this buck was with a doe. There was a doe right below it. And after I shot and that thing got dumped, both Eric and Zach come up to me and they're like, was there any other bucks with it? And I'm like, no, nah, just that doe. And they're like, there was four other does with it. <laughs> I never saw them. Right. Yeah, that had, I never that's saw the them. way it goes. I never I saw mean, the other does. I, honest to goodness, I do not know which way that deer was facing. Yep. I know, I knew it was the buck, and I never looked at its antlers again. I never, I mean, he stood up. I knew I had one job, and and uh, I, I made a perfect shot. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I don't know. I it all came together it did and it was I don't know it was it was pretty cool because I know how much Zach and and Eric were behind me you know my brother had gotten one last year and I didn't and you know Eric Eric said like he, he didn't care if he didn't get one this year you know we were down there to get me one and if there was some extra time then he would try and uh you know it just felt good on my first opportunity that I, that I got it done you know that I didn't fail because, you know, Eric paid his money for a tag too. And, and honestly, I mean, it's just so stinking fun down there. The last day we freaking loaded out cattle with the Cox crew. Did I you? mean, I got a sorting stick in the back of my Chevy Colorado. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, we're just out there in the, in the yards, you know, sorting off bulls. We did bulls, four big old bulls. And, you know, we're just walking through the chutes, you know, acting big and just, tough. Oh, yeah. I mean, that trucker had to know, like, <laughs> these two are fish out of water here. <laughs> are these punters? Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean we 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 couldn't have fit the we didn't fit the bill we we uh whatever but nope then uh, my brother got one the next day and uh, we shot a coyote um, God dang it it just ate some cox beef while you were we down did there. eat a bunch of cox beef oh my God if if Zach's wife Erin ain't the best freaking cook in the Sandhills I'd like to find out who's better than her because I I'm gonna go give them a try too because God dang it I mean. How, how are we supposed to hunt when we're like, I, you know, and you know me, like I can't exactly say no, like we're cruising right. in for lunch and she's got a freaking smorgasbord going on and you know, Eric and Zach, you know, like, okay, you know, we're just going to have one sandwich and you know, a little bit of a side. And I'm like, 
four sandwiches deep <laughs> <laughs> just freaking going to town drinking mountain dew like it's my business like we're freaking like every day when we take off in that truck we got freaking coolers loaded down with black rifle coffee and dooskies and we got freaking deer jerky and pop tarts and i mean it was it was it was awesome yeah that's cool yeah i'm glad you guys had success but i mean any trip like that whether you get one or not is just yep it's a pretty good time you know zach is really knowledgeable about the land like you know obviously up here we don't have pivots so right. you know i mean we we asked him a lot about you know how pivots work you know and and apparently you can change them to different settings for how fast you want them to go around and and you know different stuff like that and you know zach told us that the sand hills is one of the only places in the whole entire world that man has actually improved because it used to be so sandy that that grass just didn't really grow there but okay. you know they i don't know man has done a good job at you know ma- making it so that the grass is growing that the grass is plentiful and i don't know god dang it it's just it's 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 one of the coolest spots in the whole entire world just being out there and and uh i don't know it's special place it is it is and i you know i i could sit here and and you know yak about it forever and and for those of you that are never going to go to the sand hills in nebraska you guys really don't care and and whatever it is what it is but uh um it, guess, it's it's a tough place to live i'm, no, I'm telling you that right that. now like i mean you know i i said earlier to don you know about how you know it's it's a never-ending repeat of wind burn sunburn <laughs> you know frostbite whatever like that that's no joke guys right. oh, like yeah. i mean it's I, I i swear to god every day you're down there the wind blows 40 and in the summer it's hotter than all get out and in the winter it's colder than all get out and right and you're it, not close to town so nope. i mean it's not just here where it's oh i just gotta run and grab i'll just run and grab this it's like you gotta have it yep and and when they say right up the road it's a trick guys because <laughs> it ain't right up the road it's right up the road 28 miles <laughs> it's not it's not like what you know if i tell you matt hey i'm gonna pick you up and we're gonna go right up the road you're thinking this is less than three minutes right they're right up the road is different (laughs) like you know and that's just it it, you know different parts of the united states use different terminology if if a sand hill billy tells you hey right up the road it's a trap don't believe it's a trap so all right uh I think that's all we really got. We got shirts. We, we got, got yeah, new shirts that are going to be printed. Damn right. Uh, Andrew Boyd of Boyd Creative uh, messaged me the other day and said, hey, what do you think about me uh, making a mock-up for some shirts? And we've had a lot of people reach out that have wanted shirts. And, uh, you know, just kind of one of those deals. Yeah, 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 we'll get around to it. And I think now is that time that we need to get around to it. And uh, so he made some really cool shirts. Uh, uh, I think it's like a dark gray black hoodie. Uh, for those of you that got hoodies last time, it's the same style of hoodie, except it's kind of basically more black. Um, and then the regular Midwest Angler logo on the front and kind of a, uh, I don't know, neon baby blue or something like that. And then it's got our map logo on the back. Uh, with the guy ice fishing that says the Midwest Angler podcast. Um, they're going to be $40 uh, if you want to pick it up here in Rock Rapids, $50, and we'll ship it to wherever the heck you're at besides Hawaii, Alaska, and uh, Eastern Russia. But otherwise, <laughs> uh, everything else I think we'll be able to do. Um, but, yeah, no, that's uh, 
is what it is. Uh, we're only doing Venmo. We're going to let you pre-order until like January 1st, and then we're going to officially put it in. Don't message me and say, hey, I want four sweatshirts. I'll pay you later because I'm not buying it. Nope. I'm not buying it. That's I've not done, how it always goes. Yeah, we've done that song and dance before, and then you get left with a whole bunch of extra shirts and whatnot. You got your chance. Venmo. Sturman, S-T-U-E-R-M-A-N, 2121. Uh, Venmo Sturman 21. Write down your size, write down your address if you want it shipped. 40 and $50, $50 shipped, $40 if you're going to pick it up here. And uh, if you have any questions, don't be afraid to message me or Matt. Um, we'll get it figured out. I get it. Not everyone has Venmo. I'm telling you right now, it's pretty slick. You should probably download it. But if you don't, uh, we'll we'll figure something else out. But uh, um, you do got to pay for it before we order them. That's right. So, yeah, I guess uh, with that being said, uh, move on to good news stories. Good news stories. Mine, you know, it's kind of go along with the hunting theme. You talked about how excited you got when you shot yours the other day. Um, past guest of ours, Theo Tolliver. Yeah, he, yep, uh, that's right. I, I've been following along with him uh, on his hunting adventures this year. He's gotten into bow hunting and everything like that the last couple of years. And uh, he's been hard working at it. And he was able to harvest a nice buck that he's been after all year the other day. And uh, his video on Facebook, if you haven't got to check it out, I mean, it was just pure raw emotion. We've all been there before. I mean, yep. tears were flowing, just the excitement. Uh, him and his his wife there just it was it was a really cool video and it just made me smile and just really appreciate i because i you know on snapchat i followed along with him too and the hard work when it pays off yep. i mean it's it's really cool to see so that's yep. kind of my good news story of the week now last last week i had the good news story about the letter that i got sent but what right. did i have another one too um did i talk about the guy who lost his helix seven yes well, you talked about something about somebody lost something and they got it back to him. Son of a gun. Son of a gun. Well, we've started to see that again this year on with the social media. I've seen a couple posts where people have lost stuff and a guy, a bunch of college age kids, you know. Yep, that's the one that uh that's the one up in some North Dakota state guys. Yeah. Got it back to him. Well, whatever. So that was pretty that's cool. I mean, a lot of guys getting out on the ice, so yeah. There's still. some talk that people are getting out on the ice way down here. I don't know if that's right. true or not. I don't. Know. It's still be cautious, guys. Still be safe with this snow. You know, yeah. Just just remember that if you go through, then there's other people. Not only is your life in danger, now other people are putting their lives in danger to rescue you. So that's true. I mean, I think that's always a good reminder. So just be safe out there. Use all the things that we've talked about in the last couple episodes and just, you know, have fun. But we can still be patient, too. Yep, that's right. I, I'll tell you this. Three weeks from now, we'll all be getting dice fish. Right, yep. So so just uh, have have that in the back of your mind. So Hopefully we get enough ice so Stu the Noob can try out all his Yeah, old too. snow dog Stu. 
Well, hey. Stu the noob got himself a snow dog uh, and might have to terrorizing uh, freaking the school might have to say, hey, just make sure you're not whipping up on our yard with that. OK, he drove down to Dollar General and got milk. With it. <laughs> Son of a gun. Got a gas can and a g- gallon of milk laying there. That's so. badass. <laughs> All right. Uh, that will be the conclusion of episode 150. Uh, we'll see you next week on 151. Um, if you are listening on iTunes or, or anywhere else, hit the subscribe button. Uh, but especially on Apple, uh, leave a review or any other spot where you're listening. If, if you can possibly leave a review, uh, please do because that uh, uh, that's a big deal. Definitely helps us out. Uh, so, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.